You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to the best Packer radio show on the internet. Cheesehead Radio. I want to be a lifetime Green Bay Packer. You're looking good today. Aaron Rodgers is the best football player I've ever seen, ever. Aaron Rodgers goes deep on second and two. He's got a leap into Montana. He's a bad man. Go, Rodgers hangs in the pocket, throwing him a lot of traffic in his heart for the touchdown. That defense is going to get a lot of teams struggling. We got a defense. Aaron Rodgers. Once again, we got a defense. G-Zed Radio. Hello again, Cheesehead Nation. Welcome back as we're here week eight in the our 10th season here of Cheesehead Radio. Your hosts tonight are the enraptured Kelly Hodgson, known as That Packer Girl on Twitter. Also with us is the euphoric Fede Angeli, known as Tundra Vision on Twitter. And little old me, Jersey Al of Packer Talk and Cheesehead TV, known as Jersey Al GBP on Twitter. Sponsoring the Packers Talk Network, as always, are our good friends at Ticket King. Ticket King have been selling Packers, Badgers, Concert, and other tickets in Wisconsin for over 25 years, and they've really earned a reputation for excellent customer service and prices. Hey, they've got an office right across the street from Lambeau Field. Order your tickets, pick them up there if you like, or just order them online at their website, theticketking.com, and they will send them to you. That takes care of the formalities. Let's get this show on the road. Who moves my cheese? 42 to 24, the Green Bay Packers notch a home win against the Oakland Raiders. Looked great. Let's get to our Who Moved My Cheese segment. First of all, our sharp cheddar, who was your superstar in this game? Jersey Al. Well, I can only go with one, Aaron Charles Rodgers, the first perfect quarterback rating in modern Packers history. Did you ever calculate the QB ratings like in old Packers history to see if they compared? I think somebody had said Bart Starr had a game that might have been perfect under under these criteria. I think I had Hmm. heard that or read that somewhere, but in any case, I don't know if that was true or not. Okay, here's a quick question before we go on to to see these choice. If it's a perfect number, why is it like like, Uh, (laughs) 158.3? It's a weird number. And how how can it be perfect if he threw four incompletions? I I have lots of questions too, but it's not worth (laughs) it. We'll find an actuary, see if he can help us out. My sharp cheddar of the game. I am going to go with Brian Balaga once again. This dude is just destroying whoever's across the line from him week after week. All right. First rule of Cheesehead Radio is first of the outline gets the true sharp cheddar, so I guess I'm going to have to settle. But I'm going to settle for a really great performance, and I'm going to go to, with Aaron Jones. Um, that TD pass on the corner route, he's a deep threat. He looked just like a wide receiver. He has many tools. He's very dangerous. So Aaron Jones. That was a crazy dangerous. catch, too. Wonderful. Yeah, it really oh, was. It was yeah. Filthy great. Our Swiss cheese. Who was your surprise player that showed up to play against the Lions? Jersey out. For me, it was the guy I've killed here week after week, Jimmy Graham. He caught passes and actually made a tackler miss. It's a miracle. (laughs) 
Okay, for me, the Smith brothers are holding the edge as always, but very slowly and very quietly, Rashawn Gary is setting the table more and more. Yes, he's only had one sack on the season, but he is the one creating pressures more and more consistently every week. He doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but you can bet Smith and Smith appreciate him. All right, I'm going to go with a perennial favorite of mine, uh, Marcus Valdez-Gantling. He wasn't even supposed to be playing. He was a game-day decision. And he came out of the gate to give the Packers a double-up score at the beginning of the second half, and it was a statement that was to be made. And he's here to stay, and he's here to play. He's good. Excellent. Now, unfortunately, we're going to go to our Limburger Cheese. Who is the guy that let you down against the Raiders? Well, uh, for me, it was whoever was supposed to be covering Darren Waller on any given play. I mean, he's a good player, but the Packers made him look like Tony (laughs) Gonzalez. No kidding. We might have the same guy here, but I'm going to say Josh Jackson. Um, He didn't play much. I think he played five snaps in the whole game. This is a second-round pick from last year. And when he was playing, he did nothing to silence the people who have been criticizing Goody's selection of him in the second round last year. Oh, man, I I don't know if he's going to be here next year. I'm going to have to go with the entire collective run defense. I think if there's an Achilles heel to the team, it's a run D this year. It's really inconsistent. It really was a problem this past weekend. So, hey, we've got a lot of great Packer talk coming up here on Tuesday Radio. But first, a word from our sponsor. <laughs> Dang it, what am I supposed to say? What's in the script? Say what's in the script, it's Kelly. Words. You just read them. Just read just read them. This is that was great. Here we go. Here comes the commercial. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay, or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. The Playbooks. <laughs> so the Green Bay Packers. Six and one. Think about oh. that, guys. We just hired oh. a rookie head coach, and everyone was all a Twitter and saying, oh, my gosh, what are LaFleur and Rogers going to do? They're not going to get along. Everything's going to implode. Six and one. Six and one. Who'd, and how many dodgeball jokes? <laughs> so, Jersey <laughs> Al, you brought him up in your uh, sharp chatter. I'm going to let you start, but tell us a little bit about that past his prime, impossible to coach, salary cap, yada, yada, no good quarterback. What do you think? Oh, what what a bunch of dead weight on this team, you know? I mean, talk about an anchor. Talk about an anchor holding us back. I mean, come on. Aaron Rodgers, no longer elite, okay? That's been proven with all kinds of graphs and charts and math, right? Uh, hates his coach. That's been proven by some very credible writers in the past. What are we going to do about that? I mean, is it time to, to trade for a new quarterback? I mean, this is ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Put him out to pasture. Oh, my word. However, I think I thought yesterday there was a great video of the captured the sideline. And they're actually, he's, Rogers is like, I think they had like four touchdowns at the time. He's like, I want five. And LaFleur just looks at him and says, well, I want six. 
And I think that just kind of sums up where they're at. They're on the same page right now that they can even joke about, hey, let's really go high today. Um, yeah, they, they, yeah, they did a mic. Sorry, Kelly. I just want to mention they did a mic'd up of of um, of that, and uh, and actually Lafleur on the sidelines and various interactions between him and Rogers. I actually just retweeted it from from uh, Zach Helburn, uh, so it's on my feed. If anybody hasn't seen it, watch the whole thing. It's just it's great. These are obviously two guys that hate each other very much. Obviously hate each other. You know, take them all back and shoot them or something. He's, he's like a horse that should be turned into glue. Very much. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, it did take you know a little over a third of the season, but I think they're finding they're hitting their strides, and I think it's, I think they're okay, and maybe even a little more than okay. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you what, I think that Clay down. I mean, no, I'm just going to simply say, when was the last time you saw Aaron Rodgers laughing and smiling so much? I mean, we, we didn't see a, a happy face for the last two or three years on Aaron Rodgers, even when they were winning games. You know, it was uh, you can tell that there there was a disconnect, okay? There was an issue between player and coach the last few years. Um, it, it's just well, a whole the last- energized Rodgers this year. Well, when was the last time we were six victories into seven seven games? Probably the 15th season, I'm guessing. Yeah, that'd be yeah. 2011 was the last time we won. You know, we were seven and zero at that point. But yeah, we we didn't have loss yet at that point. But we did lose. That would be yeah. So we're not going to joke about the Chiefs too much because I don't want to curse us. Right. There was a great quote I read today from Aaron Rodgers to go along with your point, Al that Rodgers himself said that he's looked back on his career, early in his career, and he says he's never had as much fun as he's having right now playing. And if you really think about it, think how he came into his starting position in 2008 under the cloud of Favgate and how much pressure he was under and kids spitting on him in training camp because they were so angry that he wasn't Favre. I don't know if he's ever really had the opportunity to have fun because he's either been not Favre until he proved himself and then he's always had this chip on his shoulder ever since that he had to (laughs) be better, carry the team. And now suddenly... Matt LaFleur is here. It's a whole new vibe, and he's just out there having fun. I mean, I, I, I don't think it, I could be any happier for him. And the hatchet has been buried between him and Favre. I don't know what happened in the past year or so, but suddenly they're real chummy. And I think a lot, yeah, like I think a lot of the chip on the shoulder is gone. He's really kind of growing into the elder statesman. And I haven't seen a happy Rogers in years. He just looked miserable out there the last three years in particular. But, yeah, he's joking. He's having fun. And I don't know which one's the old man, him or Lafleur. I think Rogers is the old man of the two, but uh, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm liking the combination of the two. It, it's obvious they're starting to trust each other. They, they're communicating all the time, and they're on the same page. We haven't had that in years. So let's move on a little bit here. Let's talk about our offensive line because this is really helping Rogers do some great stuff. Uh, Brian Balaga, as I mentioned in my sharp chatter, has been a brick wall. But man, offensive line, your thoughts, Kelly? Let's start with you. Um, if you want to mention Balaga, you know this is knock on wood, one of the seasons where he does not appear to be made of glass, and that's really making a difference. Um, everybody is playing just lights out football on the line. Um, the mistakes are a lot less. Uh, I can't maybe one holding penalty, if that, this past weekend. Uh, they're playing cleaner ball. They're definitely giving Rodgers time in the pocket when he did not have it all last year. And, again, I think you've got Blaga on one side and you've got David Bakhtiari. I think you have the strongest offensive line that we've had since probably about 2010. 
Yeah, and you can you can see that it's starting to click where they they understand what each other are doing and they're becoming more assignment sure and that's something that I think had been a problem the last few years and some of that was due was due to injuries you know they were seemed like somebody was always down on the offensive line uh, this year uh, Lane Taylor is down but obviously the Packers had already drafted his replacement so I think all that did was speed up the what was going to happen anyway but you know they've played now um, I don't remember which game Taylor went down but they you know they've played together as a unit probably at least four or five games and you can tell that they're that they're really clicking you know and they're making the right calls and uh, you know nobody's coming in untouched and and they're getting help from the running backs I mean you saw on that that wheel route to Vital it's been all over Twitter people showing the film on that Aaron Jones stepping up and picking up a blitzer on that and that play doesn't happen without that so um, and of course the final thing to add in is the proper use of tight ends that Matt LaFleur has instituted this year, actually using uh, Mercedes Lewis, who's always been known as one of the best blocking tight ends, you know, to help out as well. So it's all just clicking now, and and probably no one has been more impressive than Balaga. He's gone up against some of the best pass rushers in the league and has stoned them. So kudos to him. Well, I think we're also getting rid of a lot of the chaff, so to speak, when it comes to the, the, the offensive line. A lot of what McCarthy held on to was mediocre at best. And there was really no look beyond the current personnel that he had. You had like a Don Barclay, you had Jason Springs, and thank God he's no longer in the lineup because I'm talking about a, a, a boss of a draft choice. He was a second round choice that amounted to absolutely nothing. We got rid of the mediocrity, and now we have a very strong offensive line that isn't settling for it's just okay. And I think that's part of where you see the Gutenkuth, I can never say his name, and how he's he's more than willing to get I can't. Um more than willing Goody. to get just rid say of Goody. Goody. All right, Goody, I'll say Goody. But instead of settling for well, we could just another year we'll develop and you'll just get a little better. You know, you look at Derek Sherrod, you had Don Barkley, you had um Marshall Newhouse, you had Jason Springs. We had this long line of, well, maybe with just another year they'll improve. They're a clean house. And it's really refreshing because now we have a clean line that doesn't make mistakes that stays healthy and they are working as a unit and i really think that's part of goody and his his high standards of if you didn't you don't make his standards you're gone all right moving on you kind of mentioned this in your pregame or your uh uh, cheeses up there kelly do the packers have a problem i mean is this going to be something that's going to haunt them as they go through this really difficult part of their schedule defending the run it really seems to be something that you know we're giving up strong running games you know 100 yard games every week i'll start with you where's the problem well the problem is support for kenny clark okay um Dean Lowry has come on the last two games, which has been nice, but before that, he was fairly invisible. Lancaster has not been as good as he was last year. He's kind of been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, Montrevious Adams was hurt. Kiki, Kingsley Kiki, is, is still a raw rookie, so he hasn't gotten much run there. Um, so it, it, we're kind of missing that, that other guy, which you could say used to be Mike Daniels, but I'm not going to complain about not having Mike Daniels because he hasn't played for Detroit hardly at all. So he hasn't contributed anything there. Um, so that's part. That's part of it. Um, what else was I going to say? I need to run. I lost my train of thought. Now somebody pick it up and it'll come back to me. Well, I think part of it is it, once they break through the line, there's a real 
downtick and ability to wrap their arms around it. There's a lot of misses. There's a lot of sloppy play right as the, as the running back takes off. And I think we've got a very stout secondary that's really good at defending the pass. So who needs to step up is the big question. You know, I think, you know, I think who's out there is some, is it on Blake Martinez? Because for several games, I thought he is, he's kind of vanished in the woodwork. I don't know if that's really supposed to be his job. But, yeah, I think you're right, supporting Kenny Clark. You know, what comes right behind that? It's, if, if they're going to get two yards, they're going to get 15, 20 yards. Because once they take off, that's where it seems like we really fall apart. Yeah, I got to say, I was, I, was really, um, I was really pretty impressed by, by Josh Jacobs. I mean, that guy does not go down for anything. It takes gang tackling to bring him down. He's got moves. That guy, that, he's going to be like, I think, the next big name, big name running back that, that emerges. So, you know, I think they were up against a, a pretty tough running back. And But here's the thing, you know, when you get out early in games, when you go out and you build up a lead, that helps mitigate the running, <laughs> defending the run as much as anything because they don't run as much. It happened in the Dallas game, right? Happened in the Dallas game uh, where you didn't see uh, Zeke as, quite as much after the Packers got up to to that big lead, and it happened all happened also in the Oakland game. You know, go out to a big lead, and suddenly Jacobs isn't getting handed the ball every every other snap. So it's one way around it. You know, if, if you can't stop it directly, that's another way to lessen the effect of the opponent's running game. That was the other thing I wanted to say. CD. All right. Yeah. Hey. Well, moving on. Uh, right, we had hey. a couple trades today. All right. For, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Dare. Hey, Dare. Hi. Hello. How do you say that? Say, hey, Dare. Whoop it. Say it's fun. Uh, whoop. That's the other one you need. Little little Wisconsin accent. Whoop. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know that one. I don't even I know, but everyone says Wisconsin it's Wisconsin, and I, and I never hear anyone say it. What's it supposed to mean? All right. Speaking of which, Al, that little Wisconsin on the wall that you get water from and you drink from, what do you call it? Not wa- Not water. Water. Oh, nice. <laughs> well played. All right. I'm talking about the device that you actually drink from. Is it a water fountain or a bubbler? Oh, I see. It's a bubbler. I was about to say faucet. She's talking about a faucet. Oh, my God. Well, even a device. On the wall. Who drinks drinks from a water fountain? The birds. Where? Anyway. (laughs) Moving on. But you didn't say, hey, there. there. Hey, there. I never say, hey, there. That's not even, it doesn't even sound like an accent or anything. You're thinking of Brian Caribou. Well, know. my mom's from Detroit, so I, my my Wisconsin accent's been diluted out by by my mom, who can't name it. The only time she liked Detroit is on Thanksgiving when they're playing the Packers, and it's like, hey, mom, name a player not named Alex Karras, and she's like, Mega Tron. I'm like, what's his real name, Mister Tron? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today in the NFL, as we're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline, two wide receivers who were rumored and, of course, suggested on Twitter would be great uh, additions for the Packers roster. Uh, we had Emmanuel Sanders traded to the San Francisco 49ers and, oh, Sanu. What's his first name? Mohammed. Mohammed Sanu was traded from the Falcons bless you. to, and guess who, to New England. Here's my shot. Yeah. Uh, too, too much. Broncos received third and fourth round picks for Emmanuel Sanders. And of course, Sanu went to New England for a second round pick. Was those too high of a price for wide receivers for the Packers? Short answer is yes, because you're, you're, 
you have an offense that's starting to come together, even with our cast of nobody. It has taken us seven games to get to that point. How long would it take to onboard even a more elite receiver to our team? Because it took Rodgers that long to get it on board with it. I think it's too high of a price with too little of a payoff this season. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And in addition to or one other reason is neither one of those guys really excite me. I mean, no, I don't think, not at all. you know, right. I mean, they don't excite me to give up that much draft capital. And, you know, we've seen that uh, our GM Goody, as we're calling him, has done <laughs> a pretty good job with his traffic, right? So why do we want to give up the draft draft capital that's like second day of the draft? No, we don't want to do that for a bunch of old wide receivers. Now, if there was like a younger guy who's three or four years in the league, that's just, you know, emerging uh, as a top receiver in your league, that might be a different story, but nobody's going to trade you that guy, right? All they're going to do is trade you the old guy. So, so no, I'm, I'm more than happy with them passing on those two players. And I don't know if it's strictly a Packer fan phenomenon, but it's like anyone who's got a recognizable name gets mentioned that they're entering free agency or they're on the market. And Twitter goes bananas like, we need them, we need them, we need them. To the point where my gut reaction is anytime they mention your name, I want to tweet out, no. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's a Packers fan thing only or not. You know, I don't participate in other fan bases, so I can't really say. I tend to think it's not. I tend to think that's probably the same for every team, but I really don't know. But it's like, Des Bryant, no. Antonio Brown, no. Every week it's somebody <laughs> new. Yep. Exactly. And it just seems like it's reactionary. It's like you get the, ooh, shiny, we must have them. I don't know if they're necessarily a good fit. And I really, at this point, would rather play Moneyball and get something with somebody with a lot longer potential that's a little cheaper and it doesn't wipe out our, like you said, our draft capital. Yeah. All right. Well, it is the hundredth season of the NFL and we have a brand new list and hopefully you guys haven't cheated, but we have USA Today. Oh, we could have cheated? You could have, and I told you not to. Damn. A list of the greatest players in NFL history. 100 greatest players. 10%. Of those 100 greatest players of Not all bad. time are Green Bay Packers. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go oh. back and forth. I'm going to keep track and see who you... can guess the most of those players correctly. I'm going to take one off the list before we start. I have to go first. No, no, I have to go first. Yeah, no, well, i got to take a player off the list because you're never going to get him. Why? He only played with no. the, he only played with the pa- No, okay. no, no. All right. No. Fine. No. All right. No. Fine. No. Okay. Okay. Al goes first for? because Stop he's it. much older. Al goes first. Right. He's much older. And only because right. I have to pick. I have to. I have to be the one to pick my guy, Bart Starr. Okay, you are correct. That's the only Bart reason Starr. I have to go first. Bart right. Starr so, was Kelly. the 63rd best player of all time. Kelly, now you get to go. All right, we're going for the low-hanging fruit first. Obviously, so I'm going to go with Brett Favre. Brett Favre is 26th overall. It's one to one. Jersey out. I will go Reggie White. Number seven overall and seven. the highest uh-huh. ranked Green Bay Packer. Uh, Kelly. I can believe that. Um, Try to have your next pick think. ready to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to go with Jerry Kramer. <laughs> Jerry Kramer was not on the list at all. But so you get a miss there. Jersey Al, you now get a chance for a big lead. All right, I got to go. <laughs> What I consider long-hanging fruit would be Don Hudson. Who is the second highest at number 25 overall. You are now winning 3-1. to one. Kelly. Hmm. 
Paul Horning. Paul Horning is not on the list. Oh, I'm failing horribly. You you have you have Favre. That's all you have, Kelly. Jersey Al. Yeah, I know. Um. All right. More low hanging fruit. Ray Nitschke. Ray Nitschke is number forty two overall. You now lead four to one. I think Aaron when we Rogers. get to five, we're probably going to have to. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, you say. Number yeah. 41, just ahead of Ray Anitschke, you are actually back in this game. It is four uh-huh. to two. Jersey uh-huh. out. Only four now it gets a little harder, doesn't it? Exactly. We got the low-hanging fruit gone. Let's see. I'm, I'm sticking with my era, okay? That's the leather um, helmet era, correct? That's not, a little bit after the leather helmet era. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's not 108. Come on. Um, it's a toss-up between two guys, both defensive backs. Um, that would be good. I'm gonna go with Herb Adderley. Yes, that is the lowest-ranked yes. one. He is Woo. number 94. You just not but you there. are correct. You have not missed one, Jersey Al. You've gotten five out of five. Kelly, wow. not so good. There's only three left. Wow. Not so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing so hot. Kind of, I'm trying kind to think of it's so far. Shut up. I'm thinking if it's on the Ring of Fame now. Um, I could go really old school, but I don't think they'll make it. Curly Rambo. I'm just going to go Curly Rambo. That's a great guess and totally wrong. But not so, totally wrong. Yes. So, Jersey Al. I this would be play, as players, right? Not coaching yes. or other things that they did, right? Strictly as players. Okay. And uh, now I'm starting to think along the lines of what you were saying, like guys that maybe didn't play as much for the Packers or not a long time for the Packers? I don't know. There are two players uh, of the three who fit that category. Two of the three left fit that category? Yes. Hmm. So I, I should go with the odds then and try to pick one of them. Um, this would be correct. Okay. I'm an odds kind of guy. I know I was supposed to have this ready, but now it's getting tough. Now it requires some, yeah. some thought here. Um, you know, I'm going to go, this one just came to me, with a more modern pick here, modern era. I'm going to go with, how about Charles Woodson? Ding! Number 61 really? out of 100. Oh. Actually ahead of Bart Starr by two places. Um, really? I don't know if I agree with that, but okay. But excellent choice. Um, and, and Kelly, you're getting crushed at this point. It is now 6 crushed. to 2. Yes. So I'm going to give you a hint because I feel sorry for you. Ready? Uh, Okay. (laughs) One is an offensive lineman from a very big era in Packer history. And the other one only played one year for the Packers in the 70s. So there's your two hints, Kelly. Try not to mess this up, okay? (laughs) I've got got one of them. I've got one of them. Uh, I'm trying to think of who all were the offensive linemen. Uh, I mentioned Jerry Kramer. You said no. You did. It, it, it's um, totally not Jerry Kramer. Hey, it took him all this time to get into the Hall of Fame. So, But he surprise. also like made the all 50-year group. Yeah, but that was never too, got him into the Hall of Fame until just yeah, now. I so. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, got to look at it that way. <sighs> I could say Mike Metalski, but it's not him. That would, that would be the wrong year. Yeah, he the He gave you clues. Yeah, I know. Um, God, he's a one-year clue. I know. The offensive yeah, I know, line, but I'm, I'm going like, to say something different anyway. It's not Fuzzy Thurston. I'm just crap. I hate you all. Okay. Would you like another hint? He was yeah, also a coach hint. of uh, the Packers. Oh, come on oh, now. Horace Gregg. Horace Gregg. Oh, come Horace on. Greg. Excellent. Good. Back on the board, which leaves With one final player for help. you. 
who only was played this the for the one Packers in 1974. This was the one, one that you would want to tell us initially, right? Yes, I did. If you get this one, you automatically win. I was three years win. old, Dee Dee. I was three years 1970, old. 1974. Hold on. Let me think. 1974. All right. And if you make it on 74. This, it doesn't and matter. How, I'll ask one more. Okay. Right? How old were you in 74? You were what? Like 40 then? <laughs> oh. Well, it wasn't me. Oh, I was who three. Are you talking okay. To? I was, you well, I, no, no. I, I was talking to someone else. Go ahead. Who, who's, who's your guest? No, no. My question is, uh, was he offense or defense? He was defensive line. 1974. Ted Hendricks. Yes! Yes. Oh, he's good. good. Number 71 (laughs) overall. And the final score is, Kelly, three, (laughs) technically two and a half, because I had to kind (laughs) of like lead her to the last one. (laughs) Oh, my God. And Al with, well, six and a half. Well, we kind of helped you with the last one there, too. So we'll say six and a half to three and a half. Yeah. But either way, I think I, I would say you won. Without the clues, I wouldn't have gotten, never would have gotten You that. know, I'm actually surprised, and maybe it's because of the era he played in, but I'm surprised James Lofton didn't make the list. Yeah, that would have been a good guess. Because mm-hmm. he was definitely something I was thinking about, but I think he yeah. got penalized just like because just because of the, the personnel he was with. It's like you had Lynn Dickey, you had the receiving core, but the rest of the team he kind had, of dunked. So he and got he had a back. long career, right? Not just with the Packers. He had a pretty long career. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised Lofton isn't in there. I mean, down towards the bottom of the list, but hey, there's so well, many. Oh, yeah, but, but you think about it, he, he's been in the, the Hall of Fame for years, and right. there really wasn't I, any, and it, there wasn't a huge campaign yeah. to get him in. He just got in. So that actually, so right. that one surprises me. Hmm. Well, anyway, good job, guys. Let's move on to our Packer Tweets. Good job, I got Packer Tweets. From Packer So it's time to go through our favorite Packer tweets from our Packer tweets of the week. We're going to each offer up a tweet and we'll gauge our reaction. And then we're going to vote on the end. Can't vote for ourselves. And that will be our tweet of the week. Kelly, we're going to start with you. All right. Um, part, I'm picking this because it, it merges two of the big loves of my life. And it's funny. So this is from everyone's favorite Bill Johnson at Bill Johnson, uh, B. Johnson 613. It's tough watching Randall Cobb play for the Cowboys. It's like Luke Skywalker taking up Darth Vader on his offer to come to the dark side. Okay, Dad, sure. <laughs> I didn't realize Bill, jo- Bill Johnson was one of the loves of your life. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Very good. That was good. I vote for oh, that. <laughs> I hate you. I hate CD, you CD, quick, put that in a tweet so I can <laughs> pick that. <laughs> you can't cheat, remember? That's in the rules. Oh, all right. My turn? All yeah. right. I'm going to go with the old favorite Packer ranter. I haven't given ranter. I haven't given him any love recently. So this one was his tweet during the game. Very simply, opponent did the belt. Game over. <laughs> that is a universal truth, by the way. It is. It has been proven. That, that, could have been, that could have been a tweet of the week from like seven years ago. Right. <laughs> All right. And mine comes from absolutely one of my very favorite uh, follows on Packer Twitter, Amber Indigo. Offense is wasting J.K. Scott's prime. <laughs> clever, clever, clever. All right. Oh, CD with a punter reference. Shocked face I have. There you go. Got to do it. So we're going to go around. Kelly, we're going to vote. Who are you going to take? You can't uh, vote for yourself. I'm going to go with a punter humor. So I'm going to pick yours. Oh, damn, you never choice. picked mine, Kelly. What? You, you never picked mine. You never picked mine. Ever. No, because you're not nice to well, me. Ever. Just because of that, 
Just it makes me feel better, Kelly. Neither of us are being nice to you this week, so. <laughs> You're never nice to me, so what else is new? <laughs> I try to be in, nice in to you all, once in a while. You're right. Al's never nice to you. In all, like in I, have all bad, honesty, I have bad topic I, evil copier. In, in all honesty, <laughs> I really have zero interest in Star Wars and anything Star Wars, so I was never going to pick yours, Kelly, so I'll take <laughs> it first. So I've got to go, and I like cleverness, so I like offenses wasting J.K. Scott's prime, a take on the McCarthy wasting Roger's prime. I like that one, so I'm going with that one. So, C.D., you don't even have to vote. You won. I don't even have to vote. And but Amber in to go. Tell us which one would you pick. Uh, which one would Not I pick? Mine. Uh, Not you know, it, mine. Actually, it really would have been close for me because That's they were both actually that? good. I Stop actually, coming in home. I probably would have leaned towards Kelly. I really would have. Oh, I'm go- yeah, I'd glad know. I asked. All right, yes. moving along. So it's a good thing you voted for me. So anyway, Amber Indigo, <laughs> you are this brilliant. week's Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just a couple quick follow-ups before we get to Hot Pockets. Who was right. the guy in the suit at the end of the game? standing behind Matt LaFleur and then following him like out of the tunnel. Did we ever determine who this guy was? I personally didn't see anything like that, so I have no idea. Kelly, you probably didn't see you were at the game. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention to the sideline. Following him out of the tunnel or into the tunnel? He was like behind him on the sidelines and just kept having his hand as well. Okay, okay, we're going to go this way. We're going to go do this. And like as LaFleur ran out. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, finish up. Uh, I was going to say maybe it had something to do with him being on the mic'd up thing where they had the microphone on him. Maybe the that guy might... had something to do with that. I think it's I Greg know, Gabriel in guy. real life. I, th- I think it's Greg Gabriel in real life. Uh, he, he's hiding w- somewhere in a cave with the X- his XFL team somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you take a, a shot at him this week? Because I did. I couldn't resist when people were retweeting some of the things he said, you know, like about Trubisky being already being better than uh, Rogers and things like that. I had to jump in there and take a shot at him. Anybody else? That's just my evil evilness that uh, I did. Okay. (laughs) Well, next up, we had uh, some really good news today. And we had two additions to Wednesday's practice. Uh, Two guys who have been missing terribly, Devontae Adams and Darnell Savage. Savage, a full participant in Wednesday's practice, which bodes very well for Sunday night's game. Thoughts on that guy? Believable. Yeah. What I was confused about was Devontae Adams. I, I just had heard, oh, he's at practice today, but then he's listed as did not participate. So what exactly did he just stand there at practice and we're giving him credit for that? I don't know. Um, so I, I'm not sure about Devontae Adams, but I was so, so pleasantly pleased to see Darnell Savage listed as a full participant. And and just in general, if you look at the entire you know injury list, for halfway through the season, this might be the best the Packers injury list has ever has ever looked, right? I mean, so many of the somewhat injured players were full participants. There were only four. I mean, Adams did not participate. There were four other players that were listed as limited, and they were all older veteran players that were probably just being given the day off. Balaga, Mercedes Lewis, Tremont Williams, and Rodgers. You know, just give them a veteran day off. So I, I thought the injury list look fantastic personally what do you so guys here's a think? question for, here's a question for you know my border on conspiracy theory ish um usually at the time of the season we're all begging for the bye week to come because we're the walking wounded and that's not the case this year um there's been a lot of finger pointing in the past at the medical staff 
So my question for you guys, since the injury list is not arm's length like it has been in years past, do you think this is something that that LaFleur is really taken seriously and it's his approach to practice that you're not grinding everybody up from overuse during the week. Any thoughts? Well, he actually, he said that today in, in his inter, in uh, his press conference after the practice, he was asked oh, some questions. Okay. So, yeah. And he said, you know, the, you know, it's a long season. We're trying to, to manage health here. We want to be sure that our, our guys are healthy because they also just did, he said it was more, it was almost like a walkthrough. It was somewhere between a, a regular practice and a walkthrough. So he was just, he was taking it easy on everybody. And I'm pretty sure those four players, like I mentioned, were just given, you know, a health day off uh, being older players. So yeah, he 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 mentioned that. So you're right on uh, right on track. I I don't think there's any conspiracy needed. I think that's just very accurate. <laughs> but I, you know, the reason I thought of this is is when you look at the generational differences of coaches. At least my own kids' um, experiences. Their very first swim coach was old school. You know, trained as a coach probably 20 years ago, and it was swim 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 until your shoulders fall off. They have a new coach that's yeah. fairly new and you know up to date. Goes to the newest conferences, younger, fresher approach to practice where it isn't let's grind out tons and tons of yardage. Let's go for quality practice. And I could definitely see McCarthy just grinding him out because that's how you did it 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I think McCarthy did adapt, you know, over over his tenure there, and I think the last few few years he he did, you know, loosen up a little bit on the reins. But overall, I, yeah, I think he definitely had that, you know, old school blue collar Pittsburgh mentality. Um, but I, I I wouldn't say I wouldn't blame it all on him. Hey, look at no, that! I said he... something. I'm I'm actually defending McCarthy on something. What is this Bizarro Cheesehead Radio? What are we on here? I I, I don't know. I don't know. You picked Jimmy Graham as like your Swiss cheese today. You, so. you know, I'm telling you, this is Bizarro. <laughs> um, you, you've all seen the Superman, the Bizarro Superman episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. That's a, I didn't know if you guys knew yeah. that reference. So you're all young. And... Yeah, we got it. Uh, I would blame okay. the full moon, but that was last week. <laughs> By the way, I'm just going to clarify on Devontae Adams. He did actually go out and stretch with the team today, but then uh, mm-hmm. decided to go back into the locker room. So he did try to go out, I guess, and was stretching, but was not a go. So just a little Well, this would be the very, the very far end of optimism because if it's a fairly uncomplicated turf toe. And what turf toe is is a ligamental injury. You have two bones to the big toe that connect to the foot. And it's where the ligament of the toe connects to the foot. And a very uncomplicated one, it's about three weeks of recovery time. We're is, starting this. I think we're, what, two weeks in now? So it, I, I'm not surprised he didn't practice. Kelly, that's only is, if it's a minor turf toe. Is the ligament on the top or the bottom? The sides. The, the sides. Side. Okay. Oh. The collateral ligament. So so it attaches I think, to kind of like I your think, arch. No, no, it's not. No, it's not, no, it's not no, I lied. It's not the, no. it's not the, the side ones. It is. I'm okay. kind of picturing it. Um, I... The mechanism of injury is like if you're up on your tiptoes and you come down on it and you smash it, it is going to be the bottom of the toe. Yeah, and if you explain it that way, it would seem to be like a bottom underneath. Yeah, that that's, that's, that's where how, you would stretch, right? And that's and that's hmm. why wide receivers and and um, running backs tend to get turf toe because if they're up and running, they're right. up on their toes, they get smashed down. Yeah. And you kind of you kind of fold that toe. You know, it gets hyperextended. And that's how you injure it. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He's going to be. Yeah. I think he's, he's several weeks out. I think. Maybe the bye week. Pretty typical. You know, week eleven. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. our final topic. Let's just talk a final. little bit about that locker room celebration. Final. 
Oh, that was sweet, wasn't it? Was that mm-hmm. not the most cool thing? And, of course, you looked at it and you see Matt LaFleur awarding the game ball to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the whole team just crowding around him, hugging and cheering for him. And the title of our show, And the Old Man Ran for One. And you, mm-hmm. you just hear young Matt LaFleur. And you're right, Aaron Rodgers is suddenly the old man. You know, he's the elder statesman on the team. And getting that respect, yeah. is, once again, that fun. How many times have you watched that post-game locker room celebration? This particular one? Yes. Several times, yeah. yeah. At least five, I'd say. Almost as many times as I watched the Star Wars trailer, which dropped during Monday Night Football, which you is a lot. Gazillion other people who watched the trailer, <laughs> yeah. right? Didn't it get like endured. a billion views or something the first day or yeah, and they like- and it killed fan and buying tickets killed Fandango that night too. Well, anyway, no, I think it's great because. When you look at Favre at the end of his career, he was really apart from the team. He had his own locker room, you know, dressing room, and he really wasn't there. You know, seeing, seeing the team rally around Rodgers really reminded me that he still is very much one of the 11 on the field, and he's he's one of the guys still. They, they looked up to him, and he's back in it to win it this year. Like last year, I thought he was phoning it in, but this year he really, I think, is emotionally invested again. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. None at all. And, hey, and again, well, yeah, the, they, they're just fighting and duking it out. How dare the coach give him the game ball? Um, speaking of that, that celebration, does anybody know what they were chanting at the end of that? I couldn't make I it couldn't out. I couldn't make it out. Okay, so not just me. We need subtitles on those celebrations, I think. We do. <laughs> tell us what they're saying. <laughs> I can never tell. They're always chanting something in unison, and I can never tell what it is. But it's often anyway. like it's like family. I like what they always say. It's family on three. They're really right. working on team, that, dy- that team I, dynamics this year. That you can make out. But when they do like the unison chant at the end, and they're all yeah, jumping I, up and down, chanting something, I can never tell what they're saying. I need to know this. Somebody <laughs> needs to tell me. All right. We'll put it out on Twitter so we get All right, it's time to get to our hot pockets. Come on! All right, I guess I'll start. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing when the offense finally comes together. People were panicking the first couple games that the offense was the one that was getting propped up by the defense. But I think this wasn't the first games where you really had an evenly matched offensive defense. Seven games into the season, and I think Rodgers has finally figured out the Matt LeFleur offensive team. Um, sure, it takes a cup on his wrist to kind of learn the new plays and a handful of timeouts to sort things out. But for the first time all season, I feel like the offense is truly firing on all four, all four, if not six or eight cylinders, depending on the type of car. Rodgers was the Rodgers of years past. There's mentions of him being an MVP candidate again. Um, he's got his surgical accuracy back and his high standards of excellence that had nothing short. He had nothing short than a lights out perfect game. He was that bad man Stephen A. Smith mentioned years ago. We haven't seen this Rodgers since about January of 2012. Well, he's got his groove back, people. Uh, throwing the Smith brothers in a revitalized defense, and I think this is a very dangerous team this year. And six and one looks awfully great. I think the sky is up. And remember, we had clown predicting that we were only going to win six games. So look out, NFL. I think the Packers are here to play this year, and that is my hot pocket. 
Well, the Chiefs <clears throat> await the Packers in what has been billed as a huge test for both teams. Just this morning, I caught a TV promo that said something like, these two teams meet in a repeat of the very first Super Bowl and possibly a preview of the next one. Got a few goosebumps uh, on, on that one, but, but there's just one problem, one likely problem. There's not going to be a Patrick Mahomes on the field, no matter what shenanigans they're trying to pull over there in, uh, in Kansas City. This, of course, has a lot of football purists bemoaning the fact that they're being deprived of this scintillating matchup of top quarterbacks. Me? I'm not that proud. It obviously increases the Packers' chances of winning, which is all that matters to me. And that is my... Hot Packers! I gave a high five to Raiders fan at Krolls on Sunday. My brother-in-law looked at me and questioned why I'd even do that. But I reckon back to December 22, 2003, known to all Packer fans as the game after Brett Favre's father passed away. And that game is memorable in a lot of ways. I mean, Favre's flawless game to his receivers, led by Donald Driver, who told him, no matter what you throw up there, we'll catch it. And then he followed through. But often forgotten is that this game was played on the road in Oakland, instead of what would have been an easily packed house of grieving fans in Green Bay. And those Raider fans showed up to a game in which their team got clobbered 41-7 to on national television. We know how Eagles fans would have reacted. We know how Patriots or Cowboys or Viking fans would have reacted. But the fan base known as the Black Hole, people who enjoy dressing up as post-apocalyptic Harley-Davidson gang members, reacted differently. They cheered. They applauded, and they sobbed in the stands in our stead because we couldn't fill Lambeau Field ourselves and deafen Favre with all the love and support that he would have gotten for us that night. The unexpected class of a legendary rough fan base was one of the greatest gifts that magical, bittersweet night. So no, I am not a Raiders fan, but for the rest of my life, I will be a Raiders fans fan. Thank you for your class, Raider Nation. And that is my... You know, CD, I was tailgating for the first time in ever this past weekend, and we had Raiders fans on 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 one on both sides of us, and they're just honestly really genuinely nice. At least the, the group that was around us. So I, I totally get it. They look tough, but they're 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 they remind me a lot of Packers as of Packers people. They're just happy to be there. The, the group that I saw was thrilled to be at Lambeau for the first time, and they were just very gracious guests. Yeah. You really just do root for fan bases like that. Not that you like the team, but you know that's one of the teams I'm like, okay, if the Packers aren't in it, here's a team I really would like to see do well. Not because I like John Gruden or the Raiders, but the fans, I, I like to see them get something. There's a couple other teams like that, too, that I just like, but you know, that one's always going to be special to me, just for that reason. Hey. And, you know, and you know, they're going to lose their team, which makes me sad. They're, you know, is it next year that they, they moved to Vegas? I believe so, yeah. Yes, it is. You know, it's going to be sad for them because their team isn't going to be in town anymore, and it's obvious that they really love their team. Um, I think they travel well as a group. I got to see one guy with the big shoulder pads and the spikes. He brought it to the game, so that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And they had, hey, and they had yeah. And- yes, yes, Jersey out. Am I allowed to speak? <laughs> I don't know. Kelly, we'll see. We'll see if she'll. Uh, you have to kind of put up a little red flag, and then that's kind of a signal. Beep. All right. Or a little beep or something. <laughs> yeah. We're all ahead, we're all over Kelly tonight. Sorry, Kelly. It's just can't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm used to I'm used to it, boys. It's a, it's a Jersey thing. Let me tell you. All we do is bust people's calls. Let me tell you. That's, that's all we do. Don't take it personally. Um, I don't. CD, I just wanted me. to give you. Okay, I just wanted to give you a compliment. That was wow. 
fantastic, fantastic hot pocket, the hot pocket of the year. Thank you for bringing that up again because you know you don't you, that kind of leaves your memory. But then anytime I I think about that game again, I get all warm and fuzzy inside again. So thank no. you for going with that. That was very nice. No problem at all. Thank you. And and that well, game just reminds me of and I'm actually being serious with, with a newborn. Cat. I know and this is like two weeks in a row you've been nice to me, so I, I I'm I'm suspicious. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's get to the predictions. Cheesehead Radio, Packers Game Predictions. The Green Bay Packers play the Kansas City Chiefs on their home turf in a Sunday night game with Mahomey, without Mahomey. How do you see this night going, Jersey Al? We will start with you. With Mahomey and without Mahomey. Well, I'm saying that there's going to be no Mahomey. So despite no Mahomey, this game will be closer than it should be for longer than it should be. Thankfully, the Chiefs defense is not very good. So I'm going with an eventual pull away 34-24 win for the Packers. So as I was literally jotting my down my thoughts on this, Mahomes went from out to doubtful on the injury list. Um, he's not as injured as uh, once thought, but he's still dislocated his kneecap. That's kind of a big deal. But he's not a guarantee to play either. Doubtful still means chances are no. Um, either way, the Chiefs will be playing with either a non-Mahomes offense or one that isn't 100%. Um, it'll still be a close one. The offense is finally hitting – our offense is finally hitting its mid-season stride, and Rodgers is blo- finally blossoming under LaFleur's uh, themes, despite a cast of nobody's around him. Yeah, I, I'm with Al. I think our offense is going to overcome their mediocre defense, and it's going to be Packers 28, Chiefs 24. It's going to be a close game. All right. At the start of the season, I predicted the Packers would go 11-5, and five, and people laughed at me. Now ah. suddenly they're 6-1, and one, and no one's laughing. But I still think the Packers are going to finish 11-5. and five. And they're likely going to go 3-3 three and three on the road the rest of the way, which makes a 5-3 and three road record. That's awfully good. But you're going to have to lose one of those three games somewhere. And I think this is where it's going to be. It's going to be a good game, no doubt. But I think the Chiefs are going to rally around without their Mahomey in there. So I'm going to say Chiefs 27, Packers 24. The old CD is back. Well, I don't think was, isn't this the first time you pick, is this the first time all year you picked against the Packers? I no, we've done it before. No, I don't think so. This no, year, I don't think not this year. No, I don't think, think so either. I've been I, Mr. Positivity I remember, this year. I remember that specifically because I, I twice picked the Packers to lose this year, which was unusual for me as well. I was exactly. right one time and wrong the other time. But um, anyway, okay. Right. So we outnumber you anyway, so we're just going to ignore fine. your prediction. As we okay. I, won, right. I won the tweet of the week, so I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just a Illusion. whipping boy, you know. <laughs> Illusion, I say. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Cheesehead Radio in our 10th season. Make sure to head over to PackersTalk.com where you can explore several unique Packers podcasts. Please follow at PackersTalkNet on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Cheesehead Radio and all Packers Talk podcasts are available on iTunes. Just Google Packers Talk iTunes and you'll find it. Be sure to subscribe and please leave us a review if you can. You can also listen to us using Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or your favorite podcatching app and search for Packers Talk. Finally, be sure to support our sponsor, Ticket King. You can find them on the web at theticketking.com. That's theticketking.com. That's a wrap, boys. Go Pack Go. Seven and one, we hope, right? Go Go Pack Go, everybody. I'll talk to you next week. Bring on the show. G-Z Radio.